Hello and welcome to our podcast, Creatures of Yord. My name is Freya. And I am Jayanna. And we're two friends making a podcast where we explore paranormal creatures. Together, we record at night in our tent with a torch. So grab your soft toy and turn on all of your lights because we're about to get into it and things are going to get creepy. Jay, how are you? Um, yeah, I'm pretty good. You've got your little notes out. Are you preparing for your creature? Or yeah, got it's your go, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke to um my friend Kataro, who lives in uh, London, mm-hmm. um the other day, and he wants to do a little guest spot with us. Mm-hmm. I'm very so, excited about I that. Know. Yeah, episode ten. Yay! And here he has a ghost story for us. Yeah, he's a ghost story, and he has lots of perspectives on like the relationship of like culture and religion with ghost stories and like um yeah has, he has a few theories on why ghost stories come into existence and mm-hmm. because there's ghosts <laughs> so True. people make stories yeah yeah it's actually just people <laughs> retelling reality yeah yeah and he'll have some cool perspective um having lived in like a number of different countries and things and having like a spiritual upbringing mm. so you know another cool. another person um uh, some friends recommended that we try to get in touch with uh, this guy called Tim the Yowie Man the <laughs> from Canberra. Does he hang out at like beer guy or something and he does yowie hu- hunting? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I actually I don't know that much about him yet, but he's got like a full Wikipedia webpage. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to look into quickly. that. Yeah. Tim the Yowie Man claims to see a yowie, an entity from Australian folklore that supposedly resides in the nation's outback. He saw it while bushwalking at Mount Franklin in the Brindabella National Park. You know what they also find in the Brindabella National Park? Dead people? Magic mushrooms. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no wonder he saw a yowie out there. Not shocked. All right, well, let's put that out. We've got a bit ethos. of a lineup. Yeah. If you have any crazy <laughs> ghost stories, contact us. <laughs> yeah. We want to hear from you. Uh, we love it. All right. Well, on that note, Jay, shall I get into my story this week? Yes, please. Perfect. Ray's just leaning on a giant weed box. <laughs> like a Tupperware gi- container. I'm sure I would even call it Tupperware container. It's like a bin. <laughs> it's so large. A bin full of weed picks. Yeah, that's my stand for the day. It has a flat surface. So it's good for microphone stands. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. All right. So, Jay, what do you think of when I say the boogeyman? What do I think of when I the boogeyman? Mm, actually, truth be told, I don't really know that much about the boogeyman. I guess, like, maybe someone's, like, small children who are scared of, like, this weird man that lives under their bed or in their cupboard. Pretty much what most people would say when they think of the boogeyman. It's just, like, yeah, some sort of, like, man-like creature or, like, in cartoons, it's the two eyes under the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it's usually, like, parents who will use the boogeyman excuse to make their children stop misbehaving like it'd be like don't hit your brother or the boogeyman will come and get you or Mm. whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and so last week for some reason something you were saying really um made me think of the boogeyman get way me want to research like what is the boogeyman what is the origins and actually know it more because same like you i didn't know anything specific and basically my research is that it is like it just means anything scary and it's literally the boogeyman or a variation is in 
every single continent in the world, there is a story of a boogeyman and basically the like through line or like the typical theme is that it's used um, to control misbehaving children, these Mm. stories. And basically they are from like folklore. Yeah. So it's hard to like understand where the origin of this story comes from because there's like heaps of variations and it's everywhere. But people think that the, well, the word boogeyman they think comes from middle English and bogey or boogie means scarecrow or something scary and then man is a man so it's a scary like scarecrow man but then also they think like in i've always wondered about that because i was like boogie is like it doesn't sound scary it's like someone's dancing having a boogie oh really i always think at least think it was like snot yeah like a booger man yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but then um scary thing but um also in german like i don't know how to pronounce it but i think it's boge or boogie is the word for goblin so Mm like a goblin man basically they think that the boogeyman originates from hobgoblins which is from the 1500s and basically the hobgoblin is this small little hairy man and he is found in human dwellings and he just does odd odd jobs around the house while everyone's sleeping and yeah they think the name hob like hob means elf, but also hob in like a fireplace. It's that metal, like an old fireplace. It's like a little metal shelf and that's what they used to like cook on. Mm-hmm. And so like that kind of is like house, house goblin. Because mm-hmm. he does all the cooking and cleaning. Basically, I was like, where does this come from? Is this just like, because actually the mum is up all fucking night doing oh. the household chores and they're like, yeah, the gob- like hob goblin did it. So is it kind of like, um, like if you don't do your chores, then the hob goblin will get angry because he's like... Keeping, he's the upkeeper of the house. Um, no, actually, the hobgoblin had like no. It wasn't to freak people out. It was just like a little folklore that like there was a hobgoblin who did the chores at night, and the only way you needed to care for him was just to give him a bit of food. And like a house elf from Harry Potter. Yeah, well, Dobby is a type of hobgoblin. <laughs> like Dobby is a word for hobgoblin. Oh really? Yeah. In so apparently in Yorkshire and um, Lancaster, it's the word for hobgoblin is Dobby and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like all the same things, like the hobgoblin or Dobby. If you if you move, they come with you forever, and if you give it a piece of clothes, they uh, will leave you forever. And they, but there's like two different theories. One is that the gift of clothes is offensive to them, or I think in Harry Potter, like you know how Dobby Dobby's like, oh, it's the nicest thing ever, and then he leaves. That's the other is that it's like too, just too much. And so they don't want to be around the family anymore. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically like where they think Boogeyman in like Europe kind of came to exist. It was like a hobgoblin and then eventually it kind of morphed into maybe a more sinister version, which was the Boogeyman. Mm-hmm. But um, some of the other ones that are like versions of Boogeyman from around the world, there is Met Minwi, which is from Haiti. And it's this man with really, really, really long legs. And he comes around at midnight to catch and eat anyone who's outside. And like the name is means master of midnight and so it's deterred children for being out in the middle of the night Mm. and then in like spain and like latin america and spanish-speaking countries there is sack man same thing it's like he kidnaps naughty kids who are out at night time and puts them in their sack and then he'll either sell them or eat them (laughs) great and then one more is that in russia and like um the slavic countries like eastern europe there's baba yaga which is a witch who lives in the middle of the forest in a hut and she's got chicken, like big chicken legs. I've heard of her, yeah. Yeah, and she runs around. She so she flies around on a mortar, which is the bowl part, and then she uses a pestle, which is the jabbing part, 
as like her weapon, but she just like is ambivalent to humans. So like she may or may not kill you. But yeah, basically the the through line with all of those is that they are like to deter children from being naughty or like going out when they're not supposed to mm-hmm. or like running off deep into the woods. Anyway, so this brings me to, I was researching so many boogeyman. There's heaps and heaps around the world. Mm-hmm. And I decided, well, I'll just pick one of them and sort of give you a deeper insight into their story. Mm-hmm. And yep. I decided to go with one from Indonesia, which I'd never, ever, ever heard of. But it's from um, not far from where I lived called Wewe Gombel, which is Gombel is the name of this hill in central Java. And it's meant to be a really uh, like a highly haunted place. Mm-hmm. And they say it's like the ghost kingdom. Ooh, cool. And so it's sort of she's the grandmother of ghosts. So, the st- as the story goes... Oh yeah, that's y- sick. Yeah. Well, listen to the story first. Um, <laughs> so, basically, in Bukit Gombel, which is like this Gombel hill, there was a married couple and they lived there and they were happy. But then, after a few years, years the woman couldn't get pregnant and, quote, the husband realised she was barren and fell out of love. Right. <laughs> um, so, basically, he starts cheating on her and just, like, always leaves her alone. And she's just so depressed and, like, lives in sorrow because her husband's off just having an affair. And so, one, to one day, she thinks, fuck this, and follows him. And then she catches him having sex with another woman. And she becomes so enraged that she murders him. Good. <laughs> but all the neighbours... <laughs> <laughs> the, the dagger going into his chest. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the neighbours gather around and create a mob and chase her out of the village because she's a murderer. Mm-hmm. And she just feels so downtrodden and upset. Her husband treated her like shit. I guess she murdered him, which is, you don't do that. But then she like is extradited forever. So she ends up committing suicide because mm-hmm. she is so sad. And then they say that because she's like so upset and had such a awful experience, she basically becomes a vengeful spirit. Mm-mm. So this is a Javanese story. And then there's like Sunda, which is like the ancient kingdom next door. And they have kind of different versions of the same thing. But one is that she lives up in a palm tree and has a nest there, mm, her spirit. So cool. And then what she does is she comes down into the village and she takes children of parents who are mistreating them or neglecting them and she brings them back up to her nest and keeps them there and then this is like the yeah the sunda theory is that she doesn't ever harm them and the children when they're there feel calm and happy and Mm -hmm. she looks after them and cares for them there Mm -hmm. but then there's other ones that basically she do you remember i spoke about the ghost samka from romania Mm -hmm. and what was her distinctive feature do you remember and she did something to pregnant women's bellies mm. she would like um she had like really long nails and, and oh she, she was like had really big titties yeah really long dragging like sagging boobs grandma. well turns out that's a um through line in a lot of uh women female ghosts true and that this one yeah her distinctive feature she's these really really long dragging boobs <laughs> oh, I didn't, that's really interesting yeah and so the other i think sort of more common version of the story is she kidnaps children mm-hmm. who are either out late at night or like most often from neglect families that are neglecting and mistreating them and she tucks them up underneath her boob, and that's where she keeps them for safe. <laughs> she, she keeps them for the she, where she keeps them safe. That's um, so funny. Yeah, and like basically, she treats them with love and protects them from her par- the parents who have been mistreating the children, and she keeps them there until the parents repent. So she might go and like spook the parents or mm-hmm. like haunt them, and 
the way a parent could repent is they can do certain prayers or basically just like be so upset about the children and promise they'll treat the children well um, and she'll like let them go back. And yeah, so it's pretty... Um, Boogie woman. Yeah, so basically she's just a restless soul and she's wandering around Earth because she could never have children. She has this like desire to have children herself and care for them. And so when she sees other people mistreating children, she wants to care for them. And yeah, I guess this it is makes just sense to me because it's kind of like in this week, like the first thing I thought of when um, you said she comes back as like a vengeful ghost was kind of like, well, if she'd had any female like rights or entitlements, basically this whole her whole story could have been different, would have been different. And so it would make sense to me that she would come back to like haunt men or like the society yeah, I don't know why for children... not having better situations for women. Yeah. But then she instead it was like... Like, oh, but she comes back to be, like, the powerful superwoman, basically. Who yeah, can, to be like, the awesome mum. The, the nurturer, the ultimate, yeah, the awesome mum. Yeah, basically. And it's, I guess it is a bit of an allegory. Like, parents use this story to make sure the kids come home before dark. But I was like, maybe this is, like, a kid's kind of, I wonder if kids wish for her to take them when their parents are being really mean to them. They're just like, please come and get me. Where we're going, well, please. Aww. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, beyond being yeah, beyond being a myth, I was actually reading some sort of online articles about people claiming to mm, um like have ha- yeah, in so, the area. So there was one in 2017 in Madan. Basically, it was like this little boy, and he ran off into the woods at night time, and no one could find him. And they were like, "Fuck, where is he? Mm. Whole village is out looking for him. No one can find him." And then someone started doing adzan, which is like a Muslim prayer. And then the kid came out of the bushes dishevelled and they're like, oh my God, he was taken by Wewe Gombel. And then because we like prayed and we like sort of repented was the prayer, like she let him go and let him come back to us. And because he didn't really know it had been happening. But I'm like, mm, probably more likely right into the woods, got lost. And then the sound of like people singing like Adzan, like he could hear them and came. But really interesting that people fully believe that it's yeah, that she's like happening and taking yeah. them. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much the oh actually there's another one. So Clatton is like this um kind of like satellite city near where I used to live. And mm-hmm. um another article I was reading was that <laughs> people on their clothesline one night just found all these bras that weren't theirs on the clothesline and a lot of weird superstitions about clotheslines and ghosts in Indonesia. yeah well i'm gonna get to that it's like so yeah basically there's all these clotheslines and oh, sorry they're the clotheslines all these bras and same as pontianak mm, and everyone was like who the fuck do these bras belong to and then everyone in the village are like the, the bras are too big they don't belong to any, <laughs> anyone in the village <laughs> and so Basically, all these random bras got collected and burned because everyone was like, oh, my God, it's a sign that Wewe Gombel has been around the area. Holy shit. I'm like, so probably some kids pranking. But, um, yeah, pretty funny that everyone's like, just got to make sure we burn them just in case. And the woman in the village with big boobs is like, what the fuck happened yeah. to bras? <laughs> but, yeah, interesting you said the thing about the clothesline because basically the clothesline is considered the kingdom of the spirit supernatural. Sorry. It's considered what? the... It- <laughs> It's considered the kingdom of the supernatural beings. Why? I don't know. Because it's same thing like when I was living in Bali and there was um, like no one would let me wash my hang out my washing late at night. Or if you hung your washing up high, it attracted all these certain ghosts. Yeah. Like it is a, yeah, like you're saying, it's a through line through a lot of Indonesian ghosts. So maybe for next week, I'll um, look into it a bit more. The only thing I can think of is like maybe because you're like, you're putting things in the air. So it's like the mm. air 
element or like what do you call it like the the like etheric realms where also the ghosts reside yeah possibly i really have no idea that's so funny just all the ghosts chilling by the clothesline like waiting well it brings it brings them in i'm like tracks them (laughs) but like even my friends who don't you know what it could be as well Mm -hmm. when you're like at and it's like late at night and you have to put your clothes out and you're like like you have to like Mm -hmm. run out it's like the one thing you have to do besides putting out the bins or something yeah yeah you don't want to go outside and you have to like run out do it and you're like what the fuck's in the bushes blah blah it's scary don't know who's around if someone's watching you but i mean i just don't think that's the origin of the like how often does that happen that you need to put your washing out after dark like if i'm thinking about like an average indonesian household it's like a stay-at-home mum. she's mm. gonna do it in the morning mm. and then maybe maybe it's a sign of like your wife hasn't got a shit together if the washing is still out at night and then it has evolved into like oh, a, Jesus, <laughs> a probably. Yeah, into like a their husbands are like the fucking ghost will get you if you don't get the washing done by dark <laughs> But yeah, so another thing that I think was interesting and it was like reading was um, this researcher in Indonesia and she was saying that like all the female Indonesian ghosts represent in a way fertility and that they're, yeah, their connection is to fertility through that. I'm just trying to think of Pontianak or Kuntilanak. She definitely just killed people. <laughs> yeah. No, but the re- no, her origin <laughs> story though is she's a woman who died in childbirth. Yeah, that's true. So it's all about like women's trauma during childbirth and fertility and then, then they haunt. Mm. But yes, yeah, so that's one of the boogeymen that's around the world. All right, Jay, I think that's enough. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, mm. smooth, spooky snack time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you okay. something good this week, Jay. Good. All right, Jay. Welcome back to our spooky snack. This week was my turn to pick a little treat for you. And I've gotten you, I've gone out to the woods of the Slavic state <laughs> and I've... um found that little witch in the woods who keeps the children in a cage and i've gone there and pulled off the little fingernails of every child and i have brought them for you to snack on today <laughs> gross all right eat up jay okay we sure are doing a lot of um you know taste bud um <laughs> refining <laughs> refining our taste buds to evil I can taste the um the different types of children through their nail. <laughs> really drying out my mouth. <laughs> if only you'd brought us a little cup of children's blood to wash down the children's nails. Next time. Alright. I'm absolutely full to the pit of little nails. Let's get back to it. <laughs> All right, welcome back. <laughs> my mouth is so dry. <laughs> okay, Frey, you ready for my story of the week? Yeah, I'm so excited. Good, because it should be. I think you would like this week's theme. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this week I have chosen a yokai from japan One okay yeah yeah, yeah yeah remind me again was the yokai the it basically just means a japanese ghost or creature and um the creature i have chosen is called bakuneko cute yeah neko, means, is it a cat yeah which means changed cat cute where's my little brown we had a freya's little cat in here as a mascot before so this is pretty cute so neko as in the end part of bakuneko means cat mm. 
Ni means sleeping and ko means child. Child? Yeah, so cat in Japanese means sleeping child. That's so cute and accurate. Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty cute (laughs) because cats sleep all day, apparently at least half of the day. Look, I'm going to say my cats sleep (laughs) 23 and a half hours a day. Your cats are getting old though too. Mm. The origin of Bakaneko is from the Edo period, which we talked about a little bit when you did your split-mouthed woman, Mm -hmm. Uchisake Ona. So it was kind of the 1600s to the 1800 period. And it was sort of a period there'd been a lot of, I guess, internal instability in Japan, a lot of internal warring and it was very unstable. And then following that, there was a period of internal peace, political stability, economic growth, and basically there's more money to fund the arts and creativity is fostered. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, um, I was thinking another example is like the dark age followed by the enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. So that is why the, um, the stories of the yokai kind of started to be spread around. There's a lot of plays and just like the arts were kind of booming. Mm -hmm. So it's also just sort of like, if we can think of like emperors and samurai, <laughs> that's kind of that's the vibe. That's the vibe. And yeah, they're still they or, they origined in the Edo period, but they're still very popular today. I was even looking at footage of um, this Tokyo Cat Festival where oh they all God. dress up as like the different types of. That's so cute. And yeah, the costumes are really good. But yeah, so just for the types of bakaneko, so yeah. there's some where their fur cause sparks and they can set fire, and so. This is probably like an extrapolation of static electricity when you're patting cats. So it's like they're patting cats. Is that a negative? Is that negative or is it just sort of it is? Like Um, there's no specific attribute attribute to it. um, We'll sort of get there. I think some of them have negative intent and some of them don't. Like some of them are described as doing it vindictively and then others are kind of just like funny, you know, like classic cat. Like if it's tail – so – classically their tail was on fire so their tail is on fire like of course they're gonna just haphazardly burn down the house because they're dumb <laughs> cats. Cute. yeah um so it depends on the type but um mm-hmm. yeah so and then there's some that have a taste for blood and can eat people and get really really big like True. really huge like the size of two or three people high or um, mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So uh, they say that like one reason why they maybe have been thought of as being supernatural is like the cat's eyes change throughout the day. Wow, yeah. It can change shape depending on the time of the day. Some bakaneko dance and sing and speak in human language. And some have the power to manipulate the dead and possess other human beings. Yeah, so some can shape shift. Some are lucky. Yeah, some can summon fireballs. <laughs> So in Japan, um, in like the Edo period, oil lamps used to be filled with fish oil because mm. it was um, like a type of oil that was cheaper to mm-hmm. use. And according to folklore, when a cat is seen licking an oil lamp, it's an omen for strange events to come. But they're also just trying to get at the sardine oil or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so Bakuneko can come um, into being as a result of a number of things, but the most common reasons are that they've lived a long life, generally over 13 years, or they've grown over a certain size, over about four kilograms. That's my cat, 6.9 <laughs> kilos. <laughs> so he's a Bakuneko. <laughs> oh my God, no, he is. He's likely to turn in, more likely to turn into one. Um, yep. I'm going to agree with it. Yeah. Older cats are more likely to turn into Bakuneko. Um, this has like caused some people in Japan um, to kill their cats after a certain age. Okay. Also, cats um, with long tails uh, in Japan were viewed upon like bad- badly because their tails look like snakes. Uh, or they, it was said that their tails look like snakes and that they were evil um, and that those cats would bewitch their owners. Whoa. So a lot of cats still today in Japan have docked tails, but then it also became a bit of a fad. So some cats are also just bred with docked tails. Yeah. Another reason um, why people think it came into being is that stray cats were in the Edo period would hang around the red light districts and it kind of gave them this ear of mystery and a sort of link to the feeling of dark desires or mm. just darkness. So it said that cats treated well by their owners will come back as Bakaneko that would treat them well versus if you treat them badly, they'll come back and treat their owners really badly, haunt them um, or even the ones that can make the dead um, dance or like they might pick your like a dead relative if they really hate you and then haunt you with it yeah like basically send a zombie the to you yeah <laughs> i better get treated like a fucking queen by my cats i'm like <laughs> i cradle them and nurse them like infant <laughs> you do, babies yeah. <laughs> you get treated really well Oh my god actually it's kind of funny like um i found this week i was treating like i have a really dumb cat well my mom has a really dumb cat and i was like treating the cat like a bit better because i was like (laughs) (laughs) you like i've learned my lesson yeah i was actually thinking like there could be something in this of like not all cats but cats are quite you know they have the reputation of treating their owners a bit disdainfully mm-hmm. maybe there's something in like um you know something treats you like shit you don't want to treat it like shit because it's like an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind mm-hmm. so maybe there's a lesson of like even though your cat treats you bad you should treat it well because otherwise it will come back and warn you yeah <laughs> i mean yeah maybe it's a good deterrent for animal cruelty mm, yeah i mean like i don't treat my cat badly i just ignore it because it's kind of dumb you gotta nurse it like i do jay gotta (laughs) carry it around like a newborn oh cute you do treat your cats well (laughs) there's like something with the dancing cat bakaneko um there's like a bunch of articles in the 1900s about like cats breaking into dance in like the tea houses after nightfall (laughs) whoa yeah. Oh, and another interesting thing I found was um the transforming cats, the ones that can shape shift, the ones that turn into girls, mm-hmm. um get called neko musume, mm-hmm. which is um it means cat's daughter, and that is the origin of the whole cat girl fad in Japan. Uh, like the little wearing little cat head, headband with cat ears. Yeah, like you know how it was just like a big Hello thing. Hello Kitty. Especially in Tokyo of like 
girls sort of dressing up as cats and mm-hmm. um yeah Hallie Kitty is probably part of a like supernatural mm-hmm. cat kind of creatures yeah because I always just thought it was cute it was yeah. like Japanese people are really into like cute things mm-hmm. and so they were like oh cats are like the cutest <laughs> and I'm sure there is an element of that mm-hmm. but yeah no it's it has like an origin in a more like ancient it's pretty cute stories <laughs> systems yeah <coughs> so there's certain bakaneko that are called kasha and they're the most evil slash wicked ones or some of them will be seen inside of burning flames kind of like a demon and they some of them can as i said like dig up and steal and animate corpses so the corpses so they're like necromancy cats <laughs> um yeah and sometimes as well they might like they can eat people but they can also or there's like a thing about them eating the corpses so it that might have been based on i guess stray cats eating gross dead things Mm. and maybe like back in the Edo period like I don't know how what they did with the dead but maybe there was dead around like hanging out (laughs) just hanging around (laughs) dancing on the street (laughs) no just like you know the dead would just be like lying in a pile yeah there's like and the the stray cats would just be eating them which is gross but the possible origin so uh, quite a lot of the stories about Bakaneko have an element of them being around a temple yeah. um, or like being kind of sacred because they're around a temple. And one reason for this is maybe when Buddhism came to Japan in order to protect the sacred texts being chewed on by rats, cats were brought along and introduced into the temple spaces. Cool. Which brings me to Mani Echo, which is the lucky cat. And I thought the, the backstory of this cat was pretty cute. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's interesting to know, I guess, like why those lucky cats are everywhere. Mm. So the origin story for this cat is there was a poor monk. So back in the ancient Japan, there was a poor monk. And he, Aren't all monks poor? <laughs> yeah, well, like he very poor and relied on poor villagers to give him rice to right. survive. Yep. And then he finds this hungry cat and he mm-hmm. decides to look after it. And although they're really poor, they have enough to eat by what the community provides them. And one night there's this really big storm and a traveling samurai is passing by the house and the cat is sitting out the front and sort of beckons him in with his paw. So that like paw going up and down on the lucky cats is like a beckoning. Yeah. The storm is like really terrible and is threatening to potentially um, overcome him and kill him. So the samurai comes inside and then the monk attends them with tea and good hospitality and the storm passes and then after that it turns out the samurai was from a very wealthy family Mm. and he thanks them by basically giving them riches and (laughs) the monk gets very wealthy and um the so does the cat i guess (laughs) cat's a key (laughs) yeah so then People on the outside in the village view it as like the cat. The cat was lucky, mm. so they build statues with the lucky cat, with like the cat back beckoning with yeah. its paw. Give me your money. Yeah, and that's why it's considered to be like a lucky cat, but specifically, or I think originally, I guess for wealth. But 
Today, you can get different colors of maneko. That's sort of because maneko story was combined with feng shui and the different color variations that mean different things in that tradition. So um, the original color was white and that is to get good luck and overall good fortune. Black mm-hmm. is to ward off evil. Red is for good health. Yellow is for gold um, or wealth. And pink is for romance. Which one would you pick? Um, I feel like at the moment I would pick red because of... Which co- one was red again? Good health. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, warding off COVID. What was the white one again? The white is good luck and overall good fortune. I want that one. That's covered everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's everything. Well, he's the king. Yeah. He was the yeah. original. I pick white. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's also less common green cats, which mm. is um, good luck for education study. And you can get tricolored cats, which is basically all of them. <laughs> so you'd want that all right, one. Well, bro. I'll just get the rainbow one then. They'll <laughs> yeah. have it all, thanks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I won't really go into this, but so sometimes the right paws raise, sometimes the left paws raise, mm-hmm. and that means different things. Sometimes both paws are raised. What's those? Do you have it written there? Yeah, so, okay, I will go into it then. Okay, so the paws being raised means different things. The left paw of the cat is raised and invites customers or people in. Mm -hmm. And then if the right paw is raised, it invites money and good fortune, usually to businesses. And then some people say that if the right and left paws are both raised, it invites protection of the home or business. And then sometimes they have their arms aren't raised, they're holding a big coin, which Mm. means wealth and material abundance or they're beckoning in wealth. It's sort of funny because it's like, I don't know, a lot of these ghost stories, the whole thing is about being, don't be greedy, be humble, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, right, but let's use all the different ghosts to try and accumulate wealth and get all these things. Mm, Like get ahead. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't really um, align with. It's not like they're really getting the the message. With like the message of the lucky cat was that the cat was very generous. Wasn't like do unto others, yeah, be generous. Well, like yeah, like they're very poor and they are offering shelter and you know well, maybe they don't have food or whatever to this stranger when they have nothing. Yeah, I feel like it's like which okay. is connected to monk life as well. Yeah, right? so it's like. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the, the story. But then the takeaway is like <laughs> the cat makes you rich. <laughs> Worship the cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just to finish, the, they sometimes have a, a bib and a bell, which mm-hmm. relate to protection, wealth, and material abundance. So as usual. Yeah. Okay. So one final story, uh-huh. and this is like uh, sometimes said to be the origin story, but there's a lot of different folk stories about sure. the Bakaneko. So we're not sure. <clears throat> but I liked this story. So, so it's in ancient Japan and there basically lived this great lord, very rich, but he was known for his temper and he didn't take kindly to people that angered him. Mm-hmm. He lives in a really castle estate with his clansmen and he has many swordsmen by his side, of course, and many of the people in the village, like the boys, try to come and impress him so that they can join the clan and they will get some land and wealth. And Boys, 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 boys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. 
So one day the Lord comes into the village and he comes across a young man who's pretty talented with a sword and invites the boy to come to his estate and give a demonstration of his talents. Mm -hmm. So the young boy agrees and the young boy has no family besides his elderly mother and her cat with green eyes. So the mother is really poor. So both of them are very poor and she thinks it's a great idea because, you know, once the son joins the Lord, he'll have some land and a good life and be able to get a, a wife and just a bit more money for them. And so the son goes to the estate to try to impress the Lord. And when he arrives, the Lord tells him or gives him the challenge that he's going to be up against his best clansmen in like a fight to the death. So it's a little bit kind of cruel. Luckily, the boy is very talented and manages to kill all the clansmen. But for some reason, this actually angers the Lord. You fucking can't win, can you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that's it. Like, apparently he feels like conflicted because he can tell the Lord is like enraged. But yeah, it's like a no win situation. So he doesn't know what to do. So then basically the Lord steps in and wants to try to battle him. But then, yeah. But then... God, it sounds like toxic masculinity. (laughs) No, totally. (laughs) Totally. It's just like thought that the young boy was just going to be like fodder or a game basically like for his clansmen. But anyway, so then the boys like thinks he's pretty, is pretty smart. He just disarms the Lord and then Mm -hmm. kneels in front of him and kind of puts the sword up um, in like act of reverence. Mm -hmm. And um, the Lord is fuming about being (laughs) beat by the boy and he slices him with a sword whilst the boy's like kneeling in reverence and then he gets the gets his guards to sort of come and finish the job but tells them just to kind of like beat him basically Mm -hmm. and then next day the mother back in the village hears a knock on the door and thinks that it's her son come to say that he's like impress the lord and she's like really good spirits and then there's just this sack of rice at the door and inside is the beaten dead body of her son and on the forehead is written peasant whoa yeah really intense so and then the mother is just so grief stricken she just starts screaming and screaming and as the story goes like she's just screaming and crying for days and days and days and she has no one and no one to hear her cries except for the black cat with the green eyes Mm -hmm. and then she is going to take her own life um and she has a a knife to her throat and her last words is cursing the Lord and his clans mm-hmm. of folk. And then she slits her throat and takes her own life. As the story goes, the w- woman is bleeding out onto the floor and the cat goes to the body and starts to drink the blood of the woman. And then a few weeks later, the Lord decides to have a feast at his estate. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's just having merry time with his guards and his life yeah he's living <laughs> his life and then there's a knock on the door and this beautiful woman is standing there and of course the lord welcomes her in and he's doesn't even care who she is because she's 
attractive and he parades her around oh, and tries to make the boys je- the boys 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 jealous how old is this story like 400 years old and it's still fucking relevant today <laughs> yeah totally yeah well <laughs> yeah so then during the night the woman leans in to give him a kiss and he's like oh you know he's like feels very lucky but she has bright green eyes <laughs> so cute and then she starts to transform and he sees that a cat tail emerges from her dress. <laughs> and underneath the kimono. Yeah, underneath the kimono. And her mouth starts to transform and she transforms into a giant black cat with green eyes. And then she eats the lord. Good. But everyone is stuck in the hall. And then the village people hear screaming for hours and hours all night. Kind of like a cat playing with its food. And yeah, just like so they put vengeful. a mouse or a toy and they just yeah. tease it. She was just trying to get like revenge. punish yeah, and get revenge. And then the next morning, basically, like all is silent and some peasant opens the door to the castle. This little black cat with green eyes just slips out. Apart from that, there is no sign of anyone. The, of no one's left. Yes. Yeah. So I, I love that story. Yeah, I really liked that story. So that is like um considered to be one of the origins of Bakoneko. Yeah, it's um all I could think of just then was don't fuck with cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't fuck with cats. Cats definitely just carry a don't fuck with me kind of vibe. Totally. But it is very funny when they accidentally fuck with themselves. <laughs> Oh, when you fuck with them with a little laser pointer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But even then, it's got like this vibe of like, they're like, yes, entertain me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I always think of it. I'm like, they, because we're always like, yep, we just like, we own cats. They're beneath us or whatever. They're our pet. But then you think they probably think we're their pet. Like, for example, my cat, every single time he's hungry, he sits on this little yellow mat and then we look at him and we go and get food out of the fridge. And I'm like, he probably <laughs> so thinks cute. he probably thinks they are fucking idiots. This is like Pavlov's dog, like where they rang the bell and then the dog salivated. Mm. That's what my cat has done to me. Every time he sits on the mat, I automatically, without thinking, go and get food out of the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> Trained you. And, and then he just doesn't even eat it. I'm like, he just needs, he loves to know that I'm <laughs> at his beck and call. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Jay. Well, I love that cat story. So I reckon we should go and um, spend some quality time with our kittens. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Good night. And uh, sleep tight.